Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we're going to talk a little Philadelphia Eagles with my guys, Jonesy and Brown. It's going to be a fun conversation. You'll definitely enjoy it. But before we get to that conversation, of course, we have to do the get it off your chest segment. And we're going to talk about the rival of the Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, the Dallas Cowboys, they lost the first game of the season, 19-3, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, of course, in losing that game, Dak Prescott got hurt. Thumb injury. Going to be out for a while. Of course, this is the same team that only kept one quarterback and kept two quarterbacks on the practice squad being Cooper Rush and Will Greer. So who gets the call? Cooper Rush. Now, last year, Cooper Rush started as well and won a game. So he's been out there before replacing Dak Prescott. So what does he do when no one believes that he can do anything or he can do what he's supposed to do? He goes out there and plays quarterback two straight games and wins both of those games. 20 to 17 was the first win. He was 19 to 31, 235 yards. And the second game, and one touchdown as well. The second game facing the New York Football Giants. They win 23 16, 21 to 31, 215 yards and one touchdown. And now here comes the drama. Of course, Jerry Jones talks about how he would welcome a QB battle and, you know, you would want that and things like that when it comes to Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. But, you know, Jerry's going to pump some things up. But now you've got some people thinking that maybe Cooper Rush could potentially be a starting quarterback in the NFL off of three starts. Let's calm down, people. I know he might be good, but he's been around for a while. People have seen him play, and he has not garnered a contract to be an actual full-time backup. They thought they thought of Cooper Rush as a practice squad player. They kept one quarterback in Dak Prescott and basically were calling up every week Cooper Rush. That ought to tell you something. It ought to. But for some, it hasn't. But here's the thing. Cooper Rush, hey, he's having his moment. He's doing his thing. But please don't believe that he is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, like some will say, or that he could be this or that and the other. No, that's Dak's team. 
That's Dak's offense. Now, the one thing that could change is maybe a better selection of plays in terms of the sequence that are called, the things that you work on, leaning on the running game, those type of things. It seems like they can do those things when Cooper Rush is in the game, but in other aspects, they just completely run a totally different offense. So to me, that's Dak's team. Cooper Rush shouldn't be the starter. I don't know who thought of that, who said that. No, it's not a QB competition. It's Dak Prescott waiting waiting to be healthy. That is ten, That is what it is. There's no technical about it. There is no thinking about it. No, Cooper Rush is not going to be the long-term answer. Dak Prescott is the answer. Cooper Rush is a backup. It's just that simple. Getting too caught up, people. Two wins, of course. The Bengals aren't playing well, and, you know, it wasn't like the Giants are star-studded and a great team. Please don't believe that. That's all I got for the Get Off Your Chest segment. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, you'll be listening to the conversation between me and Jonesy and Brown on Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. Touring the AFC South is available on Google Podcasts, available on Spotify, available on Apple Podcasts, available on iHeartRadio. And if you like what you're listening to and don't want to miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Takes a quick second, not very long at all. So that way you get all the knowledge, all the guests, all the information directly to you. Don't even have to search. You can just go ahead and subscribe. And if you like what you listen to, of course, if you're listening on Spotify, there is a rating system there. Go ahead and rate the show. I'd greatly appreciate five stars from you. And if you are listening on Apple Podcast, go ahead and rate the show. Again, five stars is appreciated. And if you would review, I'd greatly appreciate that as well. The reviews for this podcast help it rise up the rankings and get it in the eyes in the, in the stream of more people so they can tune in and get all this great knowledge as well. Greatly appreciate it. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton, and the game of the week is the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, those Jacksonville Jaguars, those first place Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC South, which I don't know if many people can actually believe that is true, but yes, it is 2022 and it is true. Okay, so to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and the matchup from their perspective, I brought in two good brothers that I know that definitely talk about the Eagles throughout the entire season, give you the ups, the downs, all that in between. It's none other than Mr. Jonesy and Brown. What's going on? Oh, man. Thanks for having us on. Man, glad to be here. It's been a fun football season so far. Very I fun bet. for us. Yes. <laughs> Very fun for us. And here in Philly, we are loving football season. It's ha- football seasons don't start like this very often around here. So we're we're good with this. 
Cool, cool. So I know you. I know you're happy. So of course we do have to talk about the Eagles' hot start. That would okay. be led by Mr. Jalen Hurts. Of course, passing. He's got four touchdowns, one interception, 916 yards through the air, and running. He's got three touchdowns, 100 and I think 107 yards, and uh, averaging about four and a half yards per carry. So, you know, he's doing his thing. He's definitely having folks talking about early season MVP, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, it's only three games now. Mm-hmm. But, hey, he's still doing his thing, and I'm very glad to see it. So I've got to ask, through three games, is is this what you thought you would see from Jalen Hurts? Um, I'm going to be honest. Yes, this is what I thought I would see. This is what I was expecting, I, I, I should say. I expected this. I expected him to improve because I I felt like he talked way too good of a game as a quarterback and a leader to just come out and just be awful. Like if if Jalen Hurts came out this season and was mid to terrible, I think it would probably been like he would have been like the biggest farce in the history of football. Like one thing that Jonesy and I and we we hadn't always agreed on Jalen Hurts. I don't think we're gonna agree today either. Uh, well, we might not. <laughs> we might not. But I think one thing we did agree on with Jalen Hurts was that he talked. He 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 played the part. If you hear him speak, you hear him in interviews. He sounds like an NFL quarterback. He sounds like someone who understands the room, who understands the assignment, and that's cool. And I think that can get you, but so far. So for me, it was like, all right, he sounds the part. Let's see him put those words into action. Let's see him improve. Let's see him do things do things better. Because quite frankly, I just think, like, if he came out and was horrible, then pretty much it, it looked. It would have been over for him, and Jonesy would have been leading would have been leading a revolt. So I'm gonna answer that question a little bit differently. Have I seen what I've expected to see? Yes, but for different reasons. Yeah, I've seen a look. I've seen some progress from Hertz. No question, he's looked good. Top two. If you were voting for MVP after what three weeks. You'd go Lamar Jackson, then probably Hurts. But for me, my question, like of all the questions, because there were questions about Hurts coming into the year, the biggest one was not what his ceiling looks like, but consistency, how often he's able to play at or near his ceiling. And through three weeks, you've played, what, 12 quarters of football, the Eagles offense has, if you look at it, played five good quarters out of those 12. And by good quarters, I mean scored any points at all. Mm-hmm. And zero of those have been in the fourth quarter. So the defense has done a lot of the heavy lifting, especially in the last two weeks. And the offense has been explosive, no doubt. But I'm still looking to see consistency. I'm still looking to see a complete game from this Eagles offense. So have I seen what I expected? Yeah, they're explosive. It's weapons everywhere. But 
there's still work to be done. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Now, of course, there is another weapon, because you're speaking of weapons that joined <laughs> this team this year. His mm-hmm. name is Mr. A.J. Brown. You know, I'm familiar with him because, of course, the Tennessee Titans traded him to the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Has he been everything you thought he was going to be so far? Better than advertised for me. Definitely. definitely. I, I knew he was a physical receiver. I knew he was a yards after the catch guy. I did not know he was as good as getting downfield and beating guys over the top as he is. I I guess I under not that he's like a Tyreek Hill burner, but I underestimated his speed. So for me, that aspect of it is definitely being been an eye opener that he's a more complete receiver than I realize. Yeah, on that note, I, I gotta agree with my man Jonesy. I think Better than advertised. Just, I mean, he he is a true number one, and mm-hmm. I think honestly, you see that. I, you you've seen every aspect of that in the three games that they played, and the fact that he was so huge in that week one win against Detroit, but also the attention he he commands. You saw that in week two and week three, which allowed Jalen Hurts to spread the ball and get and get the ball to uh Devontae Smith who you know is probably as good a number two receiver and you know as as you're gonna find mm-hmm. you know before we before the Eagles got uh before the Eagles were able to land AJ Brown all expectations were for Devontae Smith to, to assume that role of you know number one court uh, excuse me number one wide receiver and all so, indications where he could do it well <laughs> yeah if you saw his rookie season it was Eagles fans would have been cool going into this season with Devontae Smith number one and then trying to find uh a, a vet a number, two. number two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. they'd have been good with that. We I wouldn't have minded. And then all of a sudden AJ Brown just falls into our lap. Thank you, Tennessee. We really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, now it's like, whoa, it it's it feels like an embarrassment of Rich. And as you've seen in week two and week three, and this is something that, you know, Jonesy and I have talked about on our podcast, Jonesy and Brown available wherever you can get your favorite podcasts. But, (laughs) you know, just the, you know, Jalen Hurts' ability to spread the ball. You know, Jonesy brought up after week one, it seemed like he was just focused on A.J. Brown. It was just about getting the ball to A.J. Brown. Could Could Jalen Hurts spread the ball? Could have used the whole and used the whole field, not just multiple receivers, but all sides of the field. And, and he's I definitely and he's done I, that. I definitely remember you talking about on a previous episode, I believe after week one, after him week using one, the right side of the field and not going to the left. So he definitely answered that after that week. It's just a matter of can he continue answering the bell and the questions that you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, the number one question on him was always consistency because. Going back to college, we've seen moments, streaks, series where he's looked amazing. But we still also remember going back to college, he got bitched because Tua was a better passer than him. Mm -hmm. And no one is saying that Tua is Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) You're correct. You're correct. Now, 
We did talk about A.J. Brown. We have a Quez Watkins out there, too. Devontae Smith, who you brought up. Mm-hmm. The running game. I know Hurts kind of, you know, supplements the running game. But are you sold in having Sanders and the cast of characters back there that they can be that running game that this team's going to need as the season goes on? Well, for me, I'm sold that our offensive line can open window, open running lanes for whoever's back there. You put anybody back there that runs a four, five, 40 or less, they'll find running room. So from that perspective, that I'm sold on. Okay. You know, Jordan Maialata, Landon Dickerson, Kelsey, Lane Johnson at the right tackle. You got studs all across this line. In my opinion, best old line in football. So, you know, you might not have the quote-unquote superstar running back, but the guys back there are good enough to get it done. Okay. I think think they have a good enough running back uh, committee. You know, that, that team of Sanders, Gainwell, and Boston Scott, I think they're more than serviceable. Whether or not okay. whether or not this Eagles team has that true bona fide number one stud running back, I don't think so. And probably leaning more towards no than yes. But I think what you have right now, I, I think is ca- it's capable. They okay. they can get the job done. I think it's just like like Jonesy said, this this offensive line is deep. I understand that, and and this is even having lost and Andre Dillard to uh for the season. Oh, he's not this done is, for the season. Well, what was he done for broken done arm for a bit? Seven, seven eight weeks maybe. Seven, not... eight week, okay, done for half the season. Mm-hmm. Done for a while. We won't see him for a while. But nonetheless, I don't. A loss like that would would seriously hamper other teams. This team is so deep at on offensive line; they're good. You know, they were two, three deep almost at every position on that offensive line, and they're just you know manhandling people. So mm-hmm. to to Jonesy's point, they're open up holes. The holes are there. You watch the you know you watch this team work. The holes are there. They still got Jason Kelsey who can get anywhere on the field. When it probably, you know, who exceeds, you have, you have literal it. giants on the yeah. left side of the line. <laughs> you, you a couple do. of giants, and then you got <laughs> probably one of the most agile centers in the game in Jason Kelsey, and you got mm-hmm. a stud rookie working behind him, just watching him play. So, you know, do is is there? You know, do you have that sexy pick or whatever at, at running back for the Eagles? No, but I think you're going to see them. They have, they're more than capable. You're going to see them pound teams and chew up clock in the second half. Now, I I will say though, the one situation in the ground game that <clears throat> tends to concern me is short yardage, the third and ones, fourth and short because you don't have that true hammer-type bat that can really push the pile. But you hope the side, the girth of the off- offensive line will get you by in those situations. Yeah. But that is the one situ- the one circumstance in the running game that where I am slightly concerned is those short yardage power run-type situations. Yeah. 
I could see that. I could see that. You know, there is no Legarrette Blount out there. He's just sitting mm-hmm. around. For those that have checked out my picture, my new picture for my you know graphics for my podcast, you can tell I have a new image, an updated image, a professional-looking image. It's time for you to take control of your image. And you can take control of your professional image with a fresh set of headshots by the good folks of Joshua Silvers Photography. Let Josh at Joshua Silvers Photography handle your personal branding, business headshots, portrait, or any other photographic need with great pricing and even better quality. You can reach him via phone at 423-557-6746. Once again, that's 423 423- Five five seven six seven four six. You can also reach him at Instagram at Joshua Silver's Photography, or you can reach him on Facebook. Call Joshua Silver's Photography and get yourself booked today. I know I did, and he's got me looking great. So you know, but hey, of course we do have to talk about the defensive side of the ball. We have talked about the offense a little bit. I should say, but nine sacks uh, versus the commanders. I mean, good gracious. I mean, Carson Wentz, I mean, uh, what a way to to definitely welcome him to back to the NFC East, right? <laughs> so, you know, that defense is definitely getting after people. I mean, yeah. you got Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Hassan Reddick. You got uh, Josh Sweat up there. I mean, your guy isn't playing this year because he got injured. I'm, I'm you know, uh, well, wish him well on the recovery, but hey, they, they didn't really need him to begin with. Uh, I mean, the embarrassment of riches up front. I mean, you got Jordan Davis. I was watching tape on him that uh, Brian Baldinger did, and I'm like, man, that guy is making some moves up front. And if he gets mm-hmm. his chance to get his hands on the quarterback, it's gonna be over. I mean, what can you say just about the depth up front? Because honestly, um, I saw some of the pieces, but I was like, okay, are they gonna develop? Are they gonna be this? Are they gonna be this? And then now, boom. They're off off like gangbusters up there. It's definitely a shock because I feel like probably, especially in the front seven, and and that's almost hard to it's it's almost hard to say because they've had a Brandon Graham and a Fletcher Cox on that front as part of that front seven for a while, but still, especially under the old regime and into the beginning of the new regime, this was still a front seven that struggled to put. Uh, a struggle to put pressure on the quarterback. You now have Eagles now have two two straight re, uh, defensive regimes that kind of want to that want to put quarterback excuse me that kind of want to put pressure on a quarterback by only sending four people. You know, there's not a lot of blitzing. They're not going to blitz a lot, but they want to get to that quarterback just using the front four, and they struggle with that. You know, you kind of, they struggle with that for years. They struggle with that for a while, and now there's st- things things are starting to turn around. They're starting to have the personnel that can get back to the quarterback. They can get there with not necessarily sending up with these elaborate blitzes, but just straight up manhandling people. But and to your point though, with them liking to blitz full, not blitz. Excuse me, go with the four man rush. What you're seeing this year. And it really showed up in the Minnesota game is that you have a capable secondary. So mm-hmm. in the Minnesota game, you saw 
Bradbury get a pick six. Avante Maddox got a pick. Darius Slay has a couple interceptions this season. Mm -hmm. So with the back end actually now being able to cover, you're also see you're able to see the defense get coverage sacks as well. Darius so, Slay had a master class on Justin Jefferson. So this you was know. this is the first time in many years where you've seen the Eagles have a defense where the secondary and the front seven are able to actually complement each other. So from that that standpoint, the defense, in my opinion, is really what's carried the Eagles to the 3-0 and start so far. They were a little questionable against in week one against the Lions, but that's actually starting to look like a better win than we thought at the time with the Lions showing a little more fight than some people may have expected this far into the season. But the defensive personnel had – when you start to see, like we saw against the Commanders with Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox starting to round into shape at this point in the season, they were a little quiet over the first week or two. But if they're starting to find their stride and create pressure up front, sky's the limit for this Philadelphia Eagles defense. I think, yeah. honestly, especially when, when you look at it like this, they, they, were able, they drafted uh, N'Kobe Dean in the third round. And he's mm. barely been able to see the field yet this season. Amazing. And <laughs> and that's with a linebacker core that was much maligned. That's probably the most for years of of that whole defense. For years. We talked about the, their lack of willingness to invest in that position. And now all of a sudden, it's a position of strength where you have Kaiser White, who's made plays here. TJ Edwards is developing into a solid NFL linebacker. You bring in Hassan Reddick, who's technically listed as a linebacker, but used as an edge rusher in this defense. Mm -hmm. You draft the Kobe D, and now you have a really well-balanced linebacking core as opposed to years past when we're running guys out there who were like, who's like, I'd literally be in the middle of a game, and I follow this team, and I'm looking like, who's that? Who's that? <laughs> and it, 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 it would, it'd be funny, like, because Jonesy and I, you know, we will text each other during games. We have a little group chat. Me, Jonesy, and good friend, our good friend, Javon Alford, who you know, who you know well too, Mike. Yes, we sir. usually text each other during these games. And we'll sit here and Jonesy will be like, like, we watch a game and, and Jonesy will be like, who is this? And I'm like, I don't know who he is. And quite frankly, I don't care who he is. Just get him off my team. <laughs> Just get him off the field. Why is he there? He should be in the group chat with us watching the game. Not like, necessarily on the field. Not, not like playing. the first time I saw Nate Gary on the field, and I'm trying to figure out who he is. Like, where did this guy come from? <laughs> and why oh, is he goodness. trying to cover a wide receiver? <laughs> oh, why is he on the field? Hmm. <laughs> who let who let this happen? And now you're at a point where you draft, and you know, as and Jonesy was, you know, he can speak to this as well. You know, I just knew when you bring in a player like Dean, I'm like, okay, we just drafted the best linebacker we have, and now he's not, he can't even see the field, and nobody's complaining. Nobody in the city is saying, why isn't Dean on the field? Dean should be on the field. What is happening here? 
people are yeah. just like, hey, let him sit. Let him let him take his time and develop. Yeah, take notes. And, hey, right. nobody mm. nobody in this city is complaining that Dean is not on the field. Hey, Dean might be complaining. I I, I don't know, but you know, but that, <laughs> but either way, but we're good. Yeah, yeah, it's uh always a good thing to be able to develop talent, allow it to uh you know definitely grow and uh, get to the level it needs to be before it gets out there, of course. And uh, as far as uh. Developing talents, by the way, since we talked about the offense and the defense of the Eagles, of course, the secondary, you know, Darius Slay, you got Bradbury there, which is doing, you know, great things. Developing at as a safety, you brought in a safety from the Saints. How is he developing as a full-time safety for your taste? JV, you will go first on this one. (laughs) He's doing fine. Right now, you'll be hard-pressed to find too many overall complaints about this defense so far. Yeah. Now, like, Brandon, you you could probably check back with me in about three, four weeks, and I'll have plans. <laughs> but as of right now, I'm like, I, I'm good. I think, no, the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he, he's been all over the field. Yes. We every His chippiness and attitude on the field has come. That he was known for it with the Saints has come with them. You like the aggressiveness. And it's been what one or two maybe missed tackles along the way, things like that. But you're seeing improvement every week. And you see he seems more comfortable, familiar with the role every week. And over the last two weeks, you gave up seven points, and then you almost had a shutout until the end of the game in week three. So the defense, you're not seeing any blown coverages or anything like that. And safety is one of those positions where if I'm not hearing the guy's name, it's probably a good thing. Yeah. I think <laughs> you hear the safety's name a lot, it means he got beat over the top, probably. Or 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 it means he's making a lot of tackles, which that's not a good thing either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's it's funny, but this this defense it, it works so well as a collective unit. I think after the week two win against Minnesota, where they were, where the secondary played so well, you know, you talk about Bradbury's pick six, you talk about, you know, Slay shutting down Justin Jefferson, having two picks of his own, Maddox having a pick. And I think a lot, the talk was, and I heard a lot of chatter about this was okay. When you get to week three, watch out for double moves. You know, this is teams that, you know, these these DBs are getting anxious. They're jumping routes. They're making plays on, uh, they're trying to make plays on the ball, trying to get pick sixes, trying to get interceptions every time down. Watch them get beat for, watch them get beat on double moves. And for me, I'm, I'm watching that. But honestly, that also kind of plays into their hands because then you have Carson Wentz who never wants to throw the ball. He wants to hold the ball for about four, five, six minutes. You know, it, it just feel, it, it, it feels like when he gets back there, he's he's waiting for something to happen, and that's why your quarterback gets sacked nine times in a game. Uh, let's, be, let's be fair to Wentz, though. That wasn't all on him because some oh, of those, him, some of those, the defense was there. <laughs> In two seconds or less, they were yeah. get, they smelled blood in the water and got after that man. That, that oh, is true oh. too. That that is true too. And 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 
you know, it, it was bittersweet because <laughs> you know you loved it. Don't say it's bittersweet. No, no, oh, I love it. I love I loved every minute of it. Well, here, here's what I, I, I and for me because you know the the end of Carson Wentz came around you know during the same time as the end of Ben Simmons. So there were always a lot of comparisons to the way things ended. And I always thought Ben Simmons was way worse than Carson Wentz. I thought Ben Simmons wanted no part of Philadelphia as a city, as an organization, as a fan base, whatever. He wanted out. And I always thought that Wentz just fell out with the organization. It was never about the fans with Wentz. It was never about the fan base. It was just like, hey, this ain't a good fit for me. Y'all moving one way. I'm moving another. I need to be out. And for me, I understood that. So I never disliked Wentz. I thought Wentz was mentally <laughs> fragile. No, I mean. Not Very fair assessment there, sir. But hey, it's not as fragile as his two ankles were that he sprained in one game. I, I'm, I'm. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I, I am someone I, I, I love to disagree with my brother Jonesy. Um, I'm not gonna argue that point. I, although I, I disagree, but I'm not gonna argue that point. I, I think Jonesy has plenty <laughs> there, there are plenty of things that he can lay out and in, in, Yeah, in if I want yeah, we can lay that case out where yeah, you, know. I, you have to make that case. I, I don't necessarily see I don't necessarily agree with your point. But, but I see your point. I mean, you know? I mean, there are points where you'd like to see more fight in them than just you know. So, you know, all seeing I, seeing your teammates you. having success without you is not something that should bother you, right? You know, right, right. All I, all but I, I said I'm not going to lay that case out. So yeah, all, all, all <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> Jay, if, I'm not sure if you saw this, Mike, but Jason Kelsey posted a video or somebody posted this video of Jason Kelsey in the locker room after the game. And he showed it. He told reporters that he uh, did the Jersey swap with Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. And then they show Carson Wentz's Jersey. It had a lot of so green on it. A lot of green on it, <laughs> especially on the back. Back was almost all green. Mm-hmm. Commander's and, colors are red and white. Oh yes. His was green plus black and blue. No, it, oh, it just it, it is what it is, man. Carson took yeah. a beating. Hey, better y'all than me, you know. You know, it's, it's hey, whatever, man. Right, he ain't my quarterback no more. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Do you feel the need, the need for speed? Yeah, I know we're not living in Top Gun times, but if you have a middle or high school student looking to gain speed, or you are a collegiate or professional athlete that's wanting to get faster, then you need to check out Hulk Flash Performance, a partner of X3 Performance located at Boost Fit Club in Nashville, Tennessee. Middle schoolers, you can train up to two times a week for $200, and high schoolers, three times a week for $300. Now let me give you some facts about speed training. Speed training is a skill that grows like a tree, meaning you could see quick and dramatic improvements, but for the best results, those happen over long periods of time. Are you ready to commit to the process? If so, you can fill out the form at form.jotform.com backslash 212-725-252-786056. Again, that is form.jotform.com 
backslash 212-725-252-786056. And someone will contact you as soon as possible. Let's sit, let's get you to top speed with Hulk Flash Performance. All right. Now, of course, we have talked about the Philadelphia Eagles, the defense, the offense, the 3-0 start. But there is another team that is impressing people in the NFL, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are 2-1, fresh off of a 38-10 drubbing of the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he looks like a different quarterback this year, I must say. I mean, in that game, he was hitting all his passes to his receivers. Marvin Jones actually got a touchdown this game. He's been kind of quiet the first couple of games, by the way. Um, but he looks like a total different quarterback under your old coach, Doug Peterson. Now, Doug Peterson, of course, he took you all to the Super Bowl, brought a Super Bowl to Philly. What are your thoughts on his tenure in Philly and how it ended? And what do you think about the job he's doing down here in Jacksonville? Well, I remember when Doug Peterson first came in following – well, he came in to replace the guy who I call the worst coach in NFL history. Um, but the guy, the guy he's the guy he's currently replacing has a fair argument of his own to be in that debate as well. So, <laughs> that common thread there. He's replacing two just historically bad coaches as far as NFL goes, and I remember. The first time I saw them on the field, there was a completely different feeling to it. Like, this is a real NFL team again. Mm. And I'm seeing a very similar reaction to his first couple games working with Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars, where they're like, it's almost a sense of relief and joy just to be like, this is the real, this is what I thought it was supposed to be. Like, this is NFL football. So the guys are like they're the players are on a high, they're all bought in, they're gonna go through a wall for this. Doug's a nice guy, he's a likable right. guy. Yeah. So, and then when you go from a guy like Chip Kelly or Urban Meyer, who had that college mentality, my way or the highway, the sh- thick they're the show, it's all about them, can't get out of their own way type coaches. So when you get get rid of them and go to a guy who a nice guy who gives you ice cream after a tough day like Doug Peterson, but you know he's an NFL player. He's a quarterback. He He's one of you. Like It's easy for these guys to buy in and be willing to play for. Whether or not he's the best X's and O's and adjustment guy and all that stuff, eh, <laughs> he's not bad. I won't say he's bad, but he's mm-hmm. eh, going to be desired, right? Yeah, there's a little bit of desire schematically, but as far as relating to his players and getting them to want to play hard, Doug Peterson's your man. I, I I do not know how long the Doug Peterson era will last in Jacksonville. But if Doug Peterson was to ever leave Jacksonville, he will not jump into another job after this. He will sit back at his crib and he will wait until the next hottest college coach comes into the NFL and (laughs) fails miserably and gets fired and then come in after that and then take that team to another, to a championship. 
I I think honestly, Doug, uh, Doug is kind of proving he is proof of whatever argument you want to make against that those college coaches coming to the NFL. Because I feel like, you know, in in the NFL, the players are the stars, and that's not necessarily the case in college football. College football, the coaches that the coach Nick Saban's the star. Yeah, the, Saban, Coach Prime's the star. Yeah, the coach is as big a star, if not bigger, a bigger star than the players in co- in college. And when you're in college, if you're a star, you're a star because that coach made you a star. You know, Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence. Well, you know, Tre- Trevor Lawrence was a star because you know. Because Dabo Sweeney made him a star, you know. Oh boy! Hey, hold on one second before you get going. That is not an endorsement of Dabo Sweeney. No, no. Just no, want to no. let everyone know that's listening. I'm not a Dabo <laughs> no, no, Sweeney no, no, guy. Oh, yeah. But go ahead, go ahead. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. <laughs> you know, look. Don't don't ask me. You know, don't don't try to argue Dabo with me. Because I'm not interested. I'm not, you know. But when that's, I, that's, but, a, that's a curse word in this house, man. No, no, understood. <laughs> understood. No, I, I meant no disrespect, bro. I meant none, none at all. But, but nonetheless, it's like that's that's the claim that you can make. You know, as as many good professional players come out of Alabama, you know, you attribute all of you attribute all of that to Nick's uh Nick to, Saban. To Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Whereas so. When you come in here, when you get to the pros, you know, these college coaches are thinking, hey, if we're going to succeed, it's going to be because of my system. And that's not necessarily the mentality in the pros. Whereas a pro player will say, hey, if your system is going to work, it's going to be because I'm the best player in the NFL at this position. I'm, you know, your system is going to work because of me. And I think that's kind of where that's where the blowback comes from. That's right. you know I think that's what Chip Kelly kind of experienced once he got to Philly. Like he got to Philly, and after a miserable season from Andy Reid, and was able to take that team in his first year to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then he immediately cut a superstar and traded another one because he just felt like his system would be able to. And, and to be clear, they backed into the playoffs. They started hot and then tailed off at the end of the year as the team right. started to fade because he's exhausting them. But exactly, yeah. Yeah. but not, but nonetheless, his act wore thin. Mm-hmm. His act wore thin, and towards the end of the Chip Kelly, there was almost a mutiny. You know, nobody missed him when they got when the Eagles got rid of Chip. Kelly, nobody missed him at all. <laughs> I wouldn't allow his name to be said on our show for about four, three years or so. Well, to be honest, be honest with both of you, you know, you said two curse words on the show. You said you said that one and you said uh, the other one. So we, we we got two curse words. We go throw a third one out there. We're not going to mention that. No, we're not going to mention that one. Oh, you gotta text me so I'm, I'm, I'll know not to say that. Again. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. You're okay. You're okay. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, of course, we got to the talking about Doug Peterson. But I do want to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars team. Hold on, oh, timeout. I need a timeout real quick. JB, yes, 
slide to your right, please. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah, man. All right, wow. You can... <laughs> Wow, and he's actually touching the jersey and prepping. No, well, here's the thing. The background. For, for those that aren't, for those that don't know that are that are are listening, mm-hmm. is it a 25 Philadelphia jersey? I'm just gonna leave it at that. I don't know. I don't know who's gonna wear 25 next. And honestly, <laughs> it's 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 just that I needed to get on this call for my man Mike. And my office is really, really junky right now. And I needed to cover that up. And this is the closest thing I had. So I had to, I, I don't want to show y'all what's underneath this, but it's it's just covering up some junk. And it, and it kind of looked good. And I was hoping my shoulder would keep it hidden through. <laughs> and I, I was moving around too you much. You were that's, doing that's all fault. right. Then, then you started then, moving. Then I, moved, then I started moving. <laughs> that, that, that was my fault. I, apo- I apologize. That, that is not in it. That's that definitely is not an endorsement. My name is John Brown, and I don't I do not endorse that player. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we get back to where we were, which is the yes, Jacksonville sir. Jaguars. And of course, you know, they have kind of come out a lot better than anyone thought they would be so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, Tennessee Titans haven't played very well so far. The Indianapolis Colts, of course, they upset the Chiefs, but for the most part, haven't played very well. And the Texans are still trying to figure out who they are. So Jacksonville Jaguars, you gotta, you gotta, you know, we did talk about Trevor Lawrence and kind of we haven't talked about Trevor Lawrence yet, but Trevor Lawrence is doing well. But mm-hmm. one guy that is actually leading leading the charge for this team that everyone clowned when he got his contract is Mr. Christian Kirk. He's got mm-hmm. 12 receptions, 190. He had 12 receptions, 195 yards, and uh, I think three touchdowns. I uh, might have more than that, but mm-hmm. the thing is. He is being the leading man for that team. He is being moved around in Doug Peterson's offense, and he's making things happen, which, honestly, I don't think a lot of people expected him to do that. Him and uh, Zay Jones, and I I call Zay Jones uh, Bruce Leroy because, you know, the haircut he got, he kind of looked like Bruce Leroy from the (laughs) 80s, but that's another story for another day. But, but, I mean, you've got Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, You've got a running game with James Robinson and Travis Etienne, which is getting better each and every game. And I will say this, James Robinson does not look like a guy that had a uh, partially torn Achilles going into this season in terms of like what from ending last year. He does not look like that guy. Last couple of games, he's ripped off a lot of big runs. So with all these weapons going against the Eagles defense, and of course, I will say I will say this: Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line has played better this year than they have in the last few mm-hmm. years. With all these weapons, is there a level of concern for this Jacksonville offense? Well, my concern is largely based on the fact that Trevor Lawrence last week, I want to say, was second in the league as far as from time to snap to time to release of the ball. It was 2.2 2.3 seconds something like that he's getting the ball out fast and gannon sometimes has been averse to being aggressive in coverage bringing his corners up he's been better he's been much better at it this season so far with bradbury slay and maddox it's kind of hard not to be aggressive in place of man coverage and let those guys do what they do but you will see Gannon t- at times want to sit back 
and not attack receivers defensively with his corners. And if that's the case and Lawrence is getting the ball out, there could be plenty of room to work after the catch on quick short routes. And that would be my one concern with the um, matchup against Jacksonville's offense is stylistically how does Gannon go about attacking the receivers of Jacksonville? Because personnel-wise, most teams in the league are lucky if they have one good corner that can cover their position. The Eagles are actually in a situation where they have three guys that can cover their position, and Gannon's going to have to take take advantage of that in this matchup. I think, honestly, with with the Eagles, even given the confidence level that they are earning so far, there's still a lot of question marks, and maybe the bigger question marks are with the coaching staff than the players. I think when you look at what what questions that this team had going into the season, there it was pretty much about you know the front office getting getting players. And then have being able to getting, I guess it would be getting players and then players performing and then basically, uh, you know, just uh, then the coaching. So when you look at the weapons that Jacksonville has, I think honestly that puts more pressure on the defensive coordinator. Can't what can he? What can this defensive coordinator do to scheme? Because uh, to neutralize Trevor Lawrence and getting to those weapons. I think in the I think when you look at it when when you look at it I think basically what you ha- what you have to do is realize one Trevor Lawrence isn't uh Carson Wentz. It's the exact opposite. You're not dealing with a quarterback that's gonna hold on to the ball for you know three, four seconds. Forever. You know, like Jonesy <laughs> said, he gets the, he gets that ball out pretty quickly. So are you going to be able to get to him? Can you get to him? Can you pressure him? And you know, as, as big as a quarterback as Trevor Lawrence is, he is still pretty mobile. He's not going to sit there and just take hits. He can step up in the pocket. If you need him to put the ball down and run for a couple of yards, he will get you those yards. So if you have a, you know, you have a quarterback who gets the ball out quickly, how can you get pressure on him? How can you contain him? I think this is, for the Eagles, you know, this is a bigger test. You know, this this is a different test. And you're still going from week to week testing out the players as well as the uh the coaching staff. So yeah. I think this puts pressure on that coaching staff to see how they can you know ta- uh, how they can tailor this game plan moving on from a statue like Wentz to a stud like Lawrence. Yeah. Definitely will will be uh, interesting to watch those two uh, match up, and I, I would dare to say that's uh, yeah. I, I wish they would put this game on like prime time, even though you couldn't predict these two teams were going to be as good as they were to start mm-hmm. out the blocks. But yeah. I, I really wish this game would be on prime time. But that's another story for another day. But defensively, you do have to worry about Josh Allen. He's starting to get a little revved up. Now I'm talking about Josh Allen that plays for the Jaguars. Those are listening. Not Josh Allen plays for the for the Buffalo Bills. He didn't switch to play defense. But um, of course, they they've been uh, they've been pretty good at forcing takeaways. I mean, the, the Chargers saw a lot of that last week. 
Uh, of course, with the, you know, the, the linebackers picking off passes and, you know, fumbles, all those different things. Oluquan, the uh, former Falcon, playing middle linebacker now, uh, recovered the fumble. Then you've got uh, – you, you just got a lot of different playmakers out there for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I will say this. They have mm-hmm. not been the donut team that I, that I used to call them. That was my nickname for their defense <laughs> because they were all good on the outside and it's, nothing in the middle, just nothing at all. But cold, I can't man. say that now. I can't say That's that cold. now because <laughs> – you know, you got Trayvon Walker on the one side. You got Josh Allen on the other. I mean, Josh Allen versus uh, Lane Johnson on one side. You got Trayvon Walker versus uh, Jordan Mailata. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry about that. If, if you're listening, I butchered your name. My apologies. <laughs> but um, that's all right. That's you you tell a- him that. You you can be the one to tell him that how you butchered his name. <laughs> We're going to, Jones that, and I, we're going to step back. Hey, you know. That that man is 6'8", 380, all muscle. I ain't telling him nothing. Exactly. You, well, you're that. on your own. Well, I'm going to tell him we, to run. Exactly. <laughs> everyone, in this, everyone in this city just said, you know what, I'm going to just buckle down and learn your name. You know, I'm, I'm well, no I'll, need to I'll throw that you, in the chance. I'll say this, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I think, you know, with those matchups and kind of the, the front seven versus the Eagles, uh, you know, starting, uh, you know, offensive line. Running backs, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be kind of a, a pretty even matchup, in my opinion. But well, where the thing is, the thing I think where it's going to be different, though, is the wide receivers versus the DBs, because the Jacksonville DBs can be taken advantage of from time to time. Of course, they did look solid last week, minus their 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 starter, Shaquille Griffin, which he's catching a lot of flack in Jacksonville at this point, by the way. But... um. Why is he catching you know, a lot of flack? What's going on? Oh, the first the first game of the season, they were in cover too, and he's like kind of you know, lollygagging around those uh-huh. type of things, and he got beat for a pass. And of course, they were telling him about it over and over again, and people were saying, "Oh, this is normally what we see from him anyway," and people are not very happy with him. Well, Jacksonville's defense ha- hasn't looked bad so far this year, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. the one thing that as an Eagles fan gives me confidence. And JB will tell you, I'm the one leading the charge to pull back the reins on anointing Hurts. Let's be patient. Let's get these questions answers first before we call him the guy. The one thing Hurts doesn't do is turn the ball over a lot. Mm -hmm. He does not put that ball at risk. He knows when to throw it away. He knows when to pull it down and just use his legs. He's not going to put the ball, his team, in negative situations very often. So if that Jacksonville defense is going to be out there making plays, they're going to have to actually make plays. They can't just bank on Hurts making a mistake. Hurts ain't going to give you a lot of plays. He's not, he's not going he doesn't, to – He doesn't throw the ball away. away. He doesn't, he's no. not a yeah. – Got you. Got you. Well, he's definitely going to have an opportunity to make some plays, especially going against this Jacksonville secondary. I will tell you – you know, Shaquille Griffin, I'm not sure if he'll be back for this week, but if he is, they're probably going to look at him because uh, Tyson Campbell is another guy as well. Uh, he's he's active as a as a corner, but the thing is about him is he doesn't have any hands. He's he's the classic he's the classic uh, answer. That's to why he plays of, defense. Yes, he's a classic <laughs> answer of uh, a wide receiver without hands as a DB. He's the classic answer to that. 
at this point in his career. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so it'll be interesting to see that matchup. And, you know, honestly, I don't think they have anybody, anybody that can really take A.J. Brown. And, of course, A.J. Brown is very familiar with this team. So that ought to be interesting in its own right. <laughs> but, of course, we did talk about a lot about the defense and offense, but I do want to say this is going to be a game I will be watching. And if I don't see it on TV, I'm going to play it back on NFL Plus. Hey, Info Plus, if you want to sponsor this show, I just gave you a plug. Do you like but anyway, Do you yeah, like it so okay. far? I, I, I'm, I'm, trigger, I'm trigger happy on this. I, I, I like the, actually, actually, I'm, No, I'm not trigger happy. I'm, I'm, I'm a little I'm, – I'm almost trigger shy on this. I, I, I don't know. I've heard people I've, – I've heard mixed – I like the all 22. That's that's the thing I like the most because you can see the all 22. I, I bought the – I got the premium version of it. So I like the all 22. So you can mess around and see all the players and kind of break stuff down. So like, I like that kind of stuff because I mean, it comes from watching film when I played all the mm-hmm. way through mm-hmm. college. So I'm just used to doing those type of things. So it kind of helps me put the whole picture of a play together instead Don't of a snapshot. They cut off. You, you, this you hear that, that humble moment. brag? Yeah, I just got the, yeah, I got the premium package, so I can get that all twenty-two. You know, so I can just break down all the X's and the O's. And I it's a business it. expense. This man is professional. That's no, all. I understand. I, I respect that. I, I respect that. I, you know, it helps cool. me break down the X's and the O's instead of looking for Jimmy and Joe's, man. So you know, <laughs> that, you know, I like. I gotta, that. I gotta, I gotta, you know, pay the cost to do what I need to do. So I hear you, man. And that's but, why uh, touring the AFC South is such is. is it's a good podcast, man. Well, That's I appreciate why you do that. what you do. Hey, I appreciate it. And honestly, I, I, you know, you probably know this, but I didn't even really want a podcast for years. And then somebody mm-hmm. had to keep talking me into doing a podcast. So that's how this even happened. But, uh, of course, going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to. Well, let me tell you about Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930- one two three zero to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive we're gonna uh that's my questions kind of for the show i want to get y'all into the game the game is five questions i got two answers oh let's do it you gotta give an answer is it a competition no it's not a competition okay because (laughs) because jb scared to lose to be in something else it's 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 all how can i be how can i be scared of something that's never happened (laughs) (laughs) how can i be scared of, of a loss that i've never taken because I don't have to, because I'm just that good at what I do. But it's all right. What's up? Let's, let's, let's all right. Well, it's all Philly. All the answers oh. are all Philly. So this is oh, going to be boy. fun. All right. I've got two Eagles quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Donovan McNabb or Michael Vick. Which one are you taking? You got to win one game. Which one are you taking? 
Um, I'm taking five. Yeah, got to go McNabb. Yeah, got to go McNabb. Uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding. And, and that, I mean, that as as down as people can be on Donovan McNabb, and he's lost some – he was the quarterback of some big losses in Eagles history. But he was also the quarterback of some big wins. Not the biggest win, but he was still the quarterback of some really big wins, made some pr- really big plays. You know, I Mike Vick don't have a fourth and twenty six. Oh, yes, see, that, that, that's not really where I go with it, because because <laughs> if uh, let's be let's be honest, uh, Mike Vick has some of the most explosive offensive moments in yes. Eagles history. That yes. being said, he's also a guy who admittedly didn't like to study tape until later in his career, mm-hmm. which just that puts you behind the curve, the learning curve a little bit, and. The one thing you can't say about McNabb was that he didn't take his craft seriously. He might not have always performed in the big games the way you wanted, but mm-hmm. he he was serious about his job and I best quarterback in, in franchise history, in my opinion. Yes. So yes. you gotta go five. Here go. Yep. Here we go. All right, we're gonna go pass rushers. Hugh Douglas or Brandon Graham? Mm, gotta go Hugh. Uh, you you gotta go Hugh. I gotta you know, go Hugh. I'm, I'm gonna go BG on that one. I'm, I'm gonna disagree. I'm, I'm gonna go BG. Now, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why I say Hugh because JB, you'll remember this. First three four years of BG's career, yeah. everybody in Philly's calling him a bust and about to, about ready to run him out of town. It took BG would have called himself a bust. He, he it said took, it, it himself. Yeah. It took him a while to really find his stride as an Eagle, whereas Hugh, in his time in Philly got the job done the whole time in Philly. So that's why I go with Hugh. No, I can't deny that. Can't deny that. You know, people were down on BG at at the very beginning. But I think Mm -hmm. once he he got drafted, we all wanted who? Earl Thomas, was it that year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Everybody's mad we didn't draft Earl Thomas. And then it took a couple years to hit his stride. And now people are like, Earl Hugh. Hugh. People – it's funny. Those people who wanted Earl Thomas over Brandon Graham cannot be found anymore. No one will admit <laughs> to that now. And I think that's part of why I choose BG because yes, he started out slow. Yes, there were people who thought he was uh, who thought he was a bust. But when he figured it out, he figured it out. And, you know, he went from uh, he he went from a bust to probably one of the greatest in team history. You know he sure. will go. He will go down in team history. His name will be will be raised in the Raptors in that Eagles Hall of Fame. He is, you know, he, he's one of the best to ever do, do it. So he went from bust to one of the best. So I, that's why I would right. go to BG. And, but and that's not a knock on Hugh Douglas because Hugh was my man and I, I liked him a lot. Okay, all right. We're gonna go running backs: Lashawn McCoy or Brian Westbrook. <laughs> God, it's not here. This is like choosing between my kids, man. <laughs> um, I think they're similar style, similar stylistically, but I'm gonna go B West because he was a little bit better in blitz pickup and definitely much better in the screen game and as a receiver. Yeah, you neither. Be- 
neither one of them was really great running like up the middle between the tackles. They're bo- both more speed guys looking to get to the outside and break one. So that's why. So in that it's that respect, they're they're similar, and they both could definitely break the big run on you. Yeah. But I think yeah, B West was a little more complete all around. I will actually uh, agree with Jonesy on that one. I'm gonna go B West. Uh, I think maybe maybe had LaShawn McCoy been able to play a couple more years in Philadelphia, that might have my opinion might have changed. You can blame the aforementioned guy for that, but nonetheless, but nonetheless, as far as uh, best Eagle, uh, better Eagles running back, I would go B West as well. Okay, all right, we're gonna go uh, a little old school 76ers here on this one. Oh boy, Charles Barkley or Dr. J? Got, gotta go, Doc. Gotta go, yeah, yeah, gotta go with the guy who, who I think people who bring parades to town automatically get shifted to the top, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as and and <laughs> it, it's funny because. You know the city loves Barkley. Yeah, this we all love Charles. This, this we all love. Well, Charles. I, I, yeah. Oh, I've listened. I've listened. So I, I, I did my homework. <laughs> it's like Barkley's. You know, Barkley kept running into Jordan when he was here. You know, his best teams kept running into Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that that that's one in itself. And then he gets traded to a better team in Phoenix, and then they run into Jordan. And, and but but Doc dealt with those '80s Celtics and those '80s Lakers, and still has a ring. Mm-hmm. So you know, in, in in the end, that's why I got I gotta go with Doc on this. All right, we're gonna go a little music. This one, you know, I like neo soul music, and a lot of neo soul artists come from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go Bilal or Music Soul Show. Which one you picking? <laughs> I well, I I would say, and and, and then I'll, I'll I'll turn this over to Jonesy. I think honestly, when you, when you're having that conversation about neo soul music, that's how you can tell a, a a true true fan, like who really digs the music. Like if you're into Bilal, that means you just love neo soul music. You'll find it anywhere. You got. C- you know, you had CDs that were written in magic marker. You don't have like real CDs. <laughs> of this you got joints. Like right, somebody <laughs> sat in their office yeah. and burnt this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, wrote, you, wrote the name you, of this album on with the by hand. If Bilal is your favorite singer, then you got your you got your music from LimeWire and Napster <laughs> and, 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 and whatever. You know, you can go to the store and get a music soul child joint. You know, and and because. And they're they're both really good. Plows the truth, and I think honestly, you know, it, it, it's two different types of genre. Like, if for a true Bilal experience, you gotta catch that brother live. Yeah, you gotta go to a I've show heard. and catch a Bilal show. Whereas you can throw on a music CD, you know, that's that's cleaning the house. You know, that, that's cleaning the house anthem. You throw you throw a music soul child CD on, you know. On around ten o'clock on a Saturday morning, by three o'clock your house is spotless. <laughs> you know? But yeah, goodness, I, I, 
music is my guy. You know, I, I like music, and that's not knock against Bilal because he's got joints. But I'm gonna go with music. Yeah, I, this was <laughs> it's, it's hard, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna go with JB and say music as well. Just the body of work is. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, it's just the total body of work makes me say music. Yeah. yeah, got you, got you, got you. Now, of course, I do have a music soul child story. You know, I missed his concert twice when I was supposed to go. <laughs> first time I met for the first time I missed his concert, I broke my nose playing flag football. Literally, was literally was running, rushing the quarterback, reached for his flag. As soon as I reach for his flag, his right arm comes through throwing the football, cracks me right in my nose. Oh, yeah, broke my nose playing flag football. The second time, just got caught up doing other things, working, and didn't make it. So I just take it as I wasn't meant to see him live in in concert because now, of that. <laughs> I, I I will say this: I have heard people say that music does not put on a good live show. I but wasn't going to say it, but you know, I've heard people <laughs> say this. But and now I've only seen music. I've only seen music live once, and I thought it was a good show. So mm-hmm. when people were saying it, I'm like, like, what? like I don't know what I missed, but I thought the show was dope. You know, he did a show. Uh, did a show. Saw him at uh, Rams Head in Baltimore right before uh, I Just Want to Sing came out. So Buddy had just hit the streets. Mm. So oh, he was still hungry then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought it was a great show. I've heard those rumors, but I, I, I can't speak to that. I thought he was good. Now, now, just like you, I had a chance to see him a second time uh, a couple summers ago. It was him, Jasmine Sullivan, and Jill Ooh. Scott at Ooh. Uh, at the Man. Mm. But uh, and, and and Jonesy knows about the Man. It's, it's out uh outdoor arena mm-hmm. here in philly mm-hmm. i i was bojangling and i was late <laughs> and i missed I, I missed music i got there right before jasmine sullivan got away and i i missed music completely but uh, sounded, he sounded good from the parking lot <laughs> <laughs> oh man well hey, i'm not gonna hold y'all up anymore you know we, we went down memory lane with some music soul child memories yes. and some painful ones for me <laughs> by the way but <laughs> Um, of course, I want to thank y'all for coming on, talking a little Appreciate Philadelphia. Oh man, thanks for having us, Jaguars. Man, thank so those you were all good, again. those were good questions because usually when people bring us on, when people want to talk to us, oh, we're going to talk Philly, and the first thing they'll say, hey, what do you want on your cheesesteak or, or <laughs> you know, something fresh, Prince or Jazzy Jeff, or you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. No, it had to be original, it had to be original, no, no, it was can't, good. Can't, be, was can't good. be duplicating people. So, I want to give you all the floor. Talk about what all you have going on. Give your uh, your social media information, whatever you want to do. The floor is yours. Whoever wants to go first. Jones, you got it, man. Oh, social media. Of course, you could catch us at Jonesy and Brown, A-N-D. Spell it all out, at Jonesy and Brown on all your social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, And, of course, you can find me personally, Jonesy underscore L-J-R. Um, we putting out new content for you every week, sometimes a couple times a week, depends on what's going on. 
Well, you know, we're always trying to keep you up to date on what's going on in the world of sports, especially what's going on in the Philly area. So if you ever try to catch up with Sixers, Eagles, a little Phillies here and there, and maybe even a little Flyers here and there, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're your guys to, hit, to check out. Yeah, pretty much, man. Like you said, Jonesy and Brown, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can also reach us at BITW Sports, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or bitwsports.com you go there you get all the links to wherever we are wherever you can find our uh podcast download us we're everywhere just search best in the world sports also uh i'm on philly go flow radio every uh weekday two to six play throwback hip-hop and r&b all day long that good stuff that uh your parents met to you know what they were listening to when they met that good 90s hip-hop that good early 2000s hip-hop I got all that every day, two, two to six on phillygoflow.com. Make sure you check me out. Yeah, definitely uh, remember the first time I did that and I requested a song uh, for my wife on Valentine's Day. Yes, I remember that. I, I, I remember that, yeah. man. I remember my that. Wife, I my wife that. was like, so, wife was like, oh my God, you did what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she loved it, man. She loved it. But uh, oh, I'm gonna go ahead and, uh, of course, end the show. Thank everyone for tuning in. Thank everyone for listening to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.